The effect of adrenochrome and adrenalutin on the behavior of animals and the psychology of man. By A. Hoffer, Psychiatric Services Branch, Department of Public Health and Department of Psychiatry, University of Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Read by Graham Dunlop. Edited by Darren Grimes. Introduction. Experimental psychiatry has been handicapped because the diseases of man most characteristically psychiatric cannot be reproduced in animals. The inner experience of the mentally ill patient, as transmitted to another person, distinguishes the practice of psychiatry from the other medical specialties. Research psychiatrists lacking experimental animals have been forced to use human models. Man has never lacked chemical substances growing all about him which have allowed him to enter strange states of mind. But for thousands of years, these were sought for purposes other than to reproduce models of the natural psychiatric diseases of man. Osmond, 1958. Despite repeated hints and direct suggestions, the use of psychotomimetic chemicals has developed slowly. Lewin, 1931. Dijon, 1945, 1955, 1956, Kluver, 1928, Stockings, 1940, Ellis, 1898, and Mitchell, 1896, had shown quite clearly how the ingestion of chemicals or plant extracts produced unnatural or unusual states. The similarities between these new states of mind and schizophrenia seemed quite remarkable to these workers. There has been notable resistance by many psychiatrists to using these chemicals for producing models of certain diseases. Perhaps this was due to the current preoccupation with psychological theories of etiology, especially of the so-called functional psychosis. Probably it was due to the natural reluctance of psychiatrists to produce a model of a disease which was so mysterious and baffling as schizophrenia. Most likely it was due to the primitive type of thinking which characterized psychiatry several decades ago, so the differences stuck out much more clearly than the similarities. See Bartlett, 1958. It seemed quite unlikely that experimentally produced psychiatric states, model psychosis, and psychotomimetic experiences or psychedelic experiences could advance our knowledge of the great functional psychosis. By the end of the first half of our century, Bleuler, 1956, was secure in his belief that the experimental psychosis produced by lysergic acid dilethamide, which he had been one of the first to study, had nothing to offer to the student of schizophrenia. The discovery of Stoll and Hoffman, 1943, of the hallucinatory action of delysergic acid diethylamide, LSD, quickened interest in the use of models. Delysergic acetamide, a compound very similar to LSD, is the active fraction of ololiquai. Hoffman, 1960, Hoffman and Scherter, 1960, Osmond, 1955b. More recently, Hoffman et al., 1958, added psilocybin, the active principle of the Mexican hallucinogenic mushroom, to the growing list of psychotomimetic chemicals. Mescaline will produce schizophrenia-like states in man, but between 300 and 500 milligrams is needed. This quantity is easily detected in body fluids. For this reason, it was thought unlikely that natural animal substances with a similar order of activity could be present and escape detection. 
But when 100 UG of LSD was shown to be equally active, it became easier to believe that similar quantities of active natural substances could be present. After studying mescaline, Osmond and Smithies, 1952, suggested that there might be present in the schizophrenic patient substances with the psychological properties of mescaline and with a structure similar to that of epinephrine, since the reactions of normal volunteers to mescaline resembled schizophrenia. In the course of our work on schizophrenia, Dr. Humphrey Osmond and I became interested in epinephrine derivatives, which were indoles, as is LSD, rather than sympathomimetic amines like epinephrine or mescaline. In 1952, we presented our epinephrine metabolic hypothesis, adrenochrome, to the Dementia Praecox Committee, Scottish Rite Masons, New York, and in 1954, our first formal report on adrenochrome appeared, Hoffer et al., 1954. The purest preparations of adrenochrome available between 1954 and 1957 were bright red or black powders, which were very unstable, even when stored under optimal conditions at low temperature and devoid of oxygen. Adrenochrome in aqueous solution deteriorated in minutes and formed insoluble black-brown melanins. Hecock et al., 1958, removed traces of silver ion from the preparations of adrenochrome and formed stable crystals which could be stored at room temperature. Later, Hecock and Mahone, 1958, synthesized stable adrenolutin and other reduction compounds of adrenochrome. Hecock and Scott, 1959, Hecock and Laidlaw, 1958. A comprehensive chemical review of adrenochrome was made by Hecock, 1959a, these chemical studies have greatly facilitated the study of the psychological properties of adrenochrome and its derivatives. The adrenochrome hypothesis of schizophrenia has been discussed in some detail by Hoffer et al., 1954. Hoffer, 1957, A, B, C, D, 1958, A, B, C, 1959, A, B. Hoffer and Kalbeck, 1960. Hoffer, and Osmond, 1955, 1959, 1960, Osmond, 1955A, 1957, and Osmond and Hoffer, 1958-1959, and therefore will not be discussed further in this review. The behavioral changes produced in animals are interesting from two points of view. Little is known about the action in the body of animals of the adrenochrome degradation products of epinephrine. The fact that adrenochrome produces marked changes is interesting because it enlarges our understanding of the function of epinephrine and its derivatives. Furthermore, clear and definitive evidence that adrenochrome changes animal behavior would provide corroborative support for its psychological activity in man. This would then make an adrenochrome hypothesis of schizophrenia stronger. On the other hand, if these compounds were inert when given to animals, it would make the adrenochrome hypothesis weak. Thus, these studies, while not crucial in themselves to the adrenochrome hypothesis, can strengthen or weaken it. Crucial evidence, of course, would be the demonstration that adrenochrome, or adrenolutin, is present in the human body and in greater quantities in patients ill with schizophrenia. The evidence for the presence of adrenochrome has been adequately reviewed elsewhere in some detail. As I have previously stated, Hoffer, 1960, in an in vivo system containing substrate, i.e. epinephrine and its degradative enzymes, it is inherently probable that adrenochrome may occur. 
The following investigators have suggested or implied as a result of their own researches that adrenochrome was a metabolite of epinephrine. Bach, 1949, Blasco and Schlossman, 1940, Brains et al., 1959, Below, 1952, 1955, Fellman, 1958, Foley and Baxter, 1958, Gregg and Gibbons, 1957, Gruwall, 1952, Iordanus and Cuccino, 1959, Kish, 1947, Korzoff and Cuccino, 1959, Cuccino, 1959, Langman and Cole, 1958, Marowski, 1940, Austin, 1960, Takashi and Akabane, 1960. These studies are substantial, but more impressive than conclusive. The following investigators have concluded that adrenochrome is present, have provided evidence for the presence in living beings of oxidized derivatives of epinephrine, i.e. adrenochrome and or adrenolutin, or have shown how adrenochrome can be transformed in vivo into adrenolution, or 5,6-dihydroxy-N-methylinidol. Alt, Schul, 1960, Bell et al., 1959, Fisher and Landsteer, 1950, Fisher and Lecompte, 1951, Gershonovich et al., 1955, and Goldenberg et al., 1950, Green et al., 1956, Hoffer and Kenyon, 1957, Hoffer and Peza, 1958, Jantz, 1956, Kaufman and Koch, 1959, A.B., the Comte and Fisher, 1951, Maslova, 1959, Noval et al., 1959A, Osinskaya, 1957, Pazia and Mahone, 1959, Pickworth, 1952, Rigdon, 1940, Seno and Whitcop, 1959, Solar et al., 1961, Sukowicz and Alshul, 1959, Sukowicz et al., 1957, Utevsky and Osinkaya, 1957, Veach et al., 1960. The kind of scheme suggested by Gerard, 1960, will be followed in describing the activity of adrenochrome and some of its derived compounds. The effect of adrenochrome upon simple systems will be considered first, then upon the more complex systems, upon simple animals, and finally upon the most complex animal, man. The animals that have been given adrenochrome range from spiders, fish, and pigeons to the mammals, rats, cats, dogs, monkeys, and man. The section on cats and on man will include much original data. Activity in animals has been reported so frequently and consistently that it can no longer be doubted that adrenochrome is indeed active when given to animals. Activity in man has received less corroboration, but all the published accounts as against references to unpublished works, are corroborative. It would be remarkable for compounds so active in lower animals and mammals to be inactive in man. 2. Biochemistry of Adrenochrome The structural formulas of adrenochrome and some of its derivatives are shown in Figure 1. The instability of adrenochrome, adrenolutin and 5,6-dihydroxy-N-methylinidol, an aqueous solution leads to great difficulties in working with these substances. Biochemists, unaware of this difficulty, have consistently failed to demonstrate the presence of adrenochrome in body fluids. Since adrenochrome is decomposed by many solvents used in paper chromatography, example, 
propanol ammonia water and N-butanol acetic acid water, this is not surprising. Distilled water and 2% acetic acid are suitable solvents. Hecock, 1959b. Reducing agents discharge the red color of adrenochrome solutions and cause an internal rearrangement of the molecule, forming quantities of 5,6-dihydroxy-N-methylenidol and adrenolutin. The relative amount of each depends upon the nature of the reducing agent and the conditions of the reaction. Blood plasma, which is adjusted to optimal conditions of pH, ionic strength, catalyst, etc., quickly oxidizes epinephrine to adrenochrome. Some of the adrenochrome is rapidly transformed into adrenolutin. Leach and Heath, 1956. Hoffer and Kenyon, 1957. Sorbic acid and glutathione, two natural constituents of blood, influence this reaction. Apparently, adrenolutin and 5,6-dihydroxy-N-methylindol are relatively stable in plasma. Melander, 1957. The same reactions occur in vivo when adrenochrome is injected. Fisher and the Comte, 1951, found that most of the injected adrenochrome was converted to adrenolutin in rabbits, dogs, and cats. Fisher and de Lanchier, 1950, found adrenochrome disappeared rapidly from blood and was converted by liver and kidney into adrenolutin. Jantz, 1956, reported that blood serum obtained from alcoholic patients changed adrenochrome into adrenolutin more quickly than did normal blood serum. Hoffer and Osmond, 1960, reported that adrenochrome injected into patients was rapidly removed from the plasma. In normal people, the original control levels were reached after 30 minutes. But in schizophrenic patients, the plasma adrenochrome levels were still much above the pre-injection value at 30 minutes. This also occurred in normal volunteers pre-treated with LSD but not when pretreated with bromo-LSD. Recently, Solar et al., 1961, found from radioactive tracer studies that adrenochrome injected in rats is partially converted to adrenolutin and 5,6-dihydroxy-N-methylindol. It is not surprising that these changes can occur, since blood does contain substances such as hemoglobin which catalyze these reactions. The natural enzymes of blood which oxidize epinephrine to adrenochrome are not well characterized. Leach et al., 1956, believed that seroplasmin was the enzyme which oxidated epinephrine. Epinephrine is readily oxidized in pure aqueous solution to adrenochrome, but it is not likely that that oxidation plays a major role in blood. Blood contains substantial quantities of proteins and reducing substances which inhibit autoxidation. This fact and the fact that the oxidation of epinephrine in plasma is greatest under optimal conditions support the suggestion the oxidation is enzymatic. Ceruloplasmin oxidizes epinephrine but not as quickly as epinephrine oxidase. The properties of ceruloplasmin, the enzyme which oxidizes P. Phenylline, diamine, PPD, are quite different from the enzyme which oxidizes epinephrine. Ceruloplasmin or PPD oxidase is strongly inhibited by amine oxidase inhibitors. Ipronizad, semicarbazide, and hydroquinone. And by epinephrine and adrenolutin, whereas epinephrine oxidase is activated by semicarbazide, 
and ipronizad. Epinephrine, which inhibits PPD oxidase, is the substrate for epinephrine oxidase. A comparison of these two enzymes is given in Table 1. The effect of adrenochrome on many mammalian enzyme systems was summarized by Hoffer and Osmond 1960. Briefly, adrenochrome inhibits glycolysis in brain tissue under aerobic and anaerobic conditions. Probably by inhibiting hexokinase and or uncoupling oxidative phosphorylation. Cohen and Hoshti, 1960, Karzov and Kuchino, 1959, Meyerhoff and Randall, 1948, Park et al., 1956a, Radzma and Galtermann, 1954, Randall, 1946, Wallace and Wallace, 1956, Woodford, 1959. Adrenochrome marketedly inhibits decarboxylation of glutamic acid in brain tissue, Holtz and Westerman, 1956, oxidizes simple amino acids and is polymerized to brownish melanin pigments in brain, intestinal mucosa, and skin. It is an antagonist of serotonin, Stern et al., 1956. However, its action is not always inhibitory or toxic. Deru and Roscombe, 1949, found that sympathetic nerves in the rabbit's ear did not fatigue as rapidly in the presence of adrenochrome. On the other hand, Marazzi, 1957, and Hart et al., 1956, reported adrenochrome inhibited synaptic transmission, as did epinephrine. 3. Action of Adrenochrome on Cells it is not surprising that adrenochrome interferes with the growth and function of intact cells. Substances which inhibit respiratory reactions and glycolysis should be toxic for cells. Thus, Letter and Albrecht, 1941, Letter, 1954, and Frederick, 1954, found that adrenochrome and adrenolutin inhibited mitosis of cells. Bullough, 1952 and 1955, showed that adrenochrome, both in vivo and in vitro, inhibited mitosis in mouse epidermis. The effect on chromosomes in vitro was confirmed by Gelfont, 1960. Schwarzenbach, 1957, reported that adrenochrome was a very strong inhibitor of spore germination of some fungi. Hoffer, 1954, found that crude adrenochrome acted as a plant hormone for Evenia sativa, oat seedlings, i.e. it inhibited the rate of growth of rootlets relative to shoot growth. Plant hormones may be endolic, such as, such as endolacidic acid. Geiger, 1960, demonstrated that adrenochrome is a very powerful toxin for cerebral neurons in pure culture. A concentration of 0.001 UG slash ML, 6 times 10 to the 9 moles per liter, induced much more rapid and drastic changes in neurons than did either epinephrine or norepinephrine in the same concentrations. Recently, Dr. Ruth Geiger was good enough to show me a film that she had made in which this action of adrenochrome on living neurons was demonstrated. The normal neurons pulsated slowly and rhythmically. When a small quantity of adrenochrome was added to the culture, the cells began to pulsate more quickly and vigorously. Each cell appeared to develop contortions or convulsions in slow motion. After some time, the neurons rounded up in a spherical structure. 
Then the membrane must have ruptured, for the cell disappeared, leaving a spherical ring of dark fragments and pigmented material. LSD and serotonin also influenced pulsatile behavior, but did not kill the cells. Geiger, 1960. Schizophrenic serum was also toxic. 4. Effect of adrenochrome on fish. The effect of adrenochrome on fish behavior has received little study. Abramson, 1955, added epinephrine to an aquarium containing Siamese fighting fish. In time, the water turned pink, indicating that there had been some oxidation of epinephrine to adrenochrome, but no changes in behavior were observed. In contrast, Abud, 1957, added small quantities of adrenochrome made from epinephrine by phenolases and did find changes in the behavior of the guppy. These divergent results probably are owing to either a species difference or to the different compositions of the adrenochrome. A deteriorated solution of epinephrine would contain adrenochrome and other degradation products of epinephrine, such as H2O2, which might antagonize the action of adrenochrome. 5. Effect of adrenochrome on spiders. In 1954, Witt reported that the spider Zilla exnotata was very sensitive to adrenochrome. The adrenochrome had been made by a colleague in Bern. As little as 200 UGs of adrenochrome in fresh or old solution could be biologically identified and differentiated by the effect of web building if it was given less than 10 hours earlier. Photographs of the adrenochrome effect on webs are shown by Witt 1954-1958. The web was substantially disorganized, which is in contrast to the effects of LSD, which made the pattern more precise, and of mescaline, which disorganized it slightly. Adrenoxyl, supplied by Labaz, Brussels, was not active. This is not surprising, since adrenoxyl is not hydrolyzed to adrenochrome in the body. Fisher and Lecompte. 1949. In December 1958, Witt tested adrenochrome and adrenolutin made by Heacock in our laboratory. Witt, 1961. The adrenochrome was given at the time and in the same quantity as before to Arrhenius diadematus, which responded like Zilla exnotata. Adrenochrome semicarbazone was inactive. Dr. Witt reported the following action of adrenolutin. We tested the adrenolutin from U in 10 to the 2 and 10 to the 3 solution. From seven spiders, which had the high dose, only one built a web the following day. This might indicate that the dose has an effect on building drive. Twelve spiders received the lower dose of adrenolutin, equal to the effective adrenochrome dose. Six of these spiders built the following day, but their webs showed no significant changes. On the basis of the small number of experiments, Witt concluded that the high doses of adrenalutin inhibited well-building, but that lower doses were not as active as adrenochrome. As a matter of interest, the spider web disorganization produced by adrenochrome seems quite specific. LSD and mescaline produce different patterns. However, serum from catatonic patients disorganized the web of Zilla exnotata in a way very similar to adrenochrome. This can be seen by examining the pictures of webs after treatment with adrenochrome and schizophrenic serum. Bercel, 1960, and Bueller, 1960. 6. Effect of adrenochrome on pigeons. About three years ago, I made a series of observations, assisted by Dr. H. 
Wojcicki on the effect of adrenochrome and adrenalutin on the behavior of some pigeons. These were racing pigeons bred by Dr. Wojcicki, a psychiatrist and pigeon fancier. Two pairs of birds were used, each weighing about 650 grams. These experiments were conducted over a four-day period in October 1957 in my office. Each pair was kept in one cage, and the cages were placed side by side on a table. A. Male Pigeon A Male Pigeon A was a very fine, proud bird. He was very solicitous for his mate, female A. He firmly attacked any of the two pigeons B if they were placed in his cage, and he clearly dominated male B. If male A was removed from the cage and kept a few minutes out of sight of his mate, he went through a vigorous and consistent courting behavior when he was returned. When placed on the edge of the cage door, he would quickly hop in and then would vigorously coo and strut around his female for a short time. At 4.04 p.m., male A was injected intraparietally with 5 milligrams of D-adrenochrome, synthesized by Hecock et al., 1958. When returned to the cage, he responded normally to his mate. Five minutes later, there was no change. Eight minutes later, female A was removed, and a few minutes later, returned to the cage. Male A did not court nor coo. At 10 minutes, male B was placed in the cage. Male A did not attack him as he would have done normally. But two minutes later, he did fight and peck at male B. There was thus a delayed reaction to male B, but there was no further evidence for any abnormality. 20 minutes after the ejection, 424, another 10 milligram of adrenochrome was injected. One minute later, the bird was listless and his feathers were droopy and bedraggled. Four minutes later, he was passive and disinterested. He allowed H.W. to pull his beak with no protest. Six minutes later, he remained passive and did not court the female when she was returned to the cage after an absence. When male B was placed in the cage, he did not attack him and appeared quite indifferent. Ten minutes later, male A was placed in cage B containing pair B. Normally, he would attack male B and court female B. This time, he did not attack male B and ignored female B for the several minutes he was left in the cage. When at 12 minutes he was returned to female A, it was noted that he was a phonic. His coo was a very weak and tremulous gurgle. 20 minutes later, he was still able to fly normally, but he sat on HW's hand one minute before he flew away. In general, male A became indifferent to his environment. He was disinterested in females and did not follow his routine courting behavior with his mate, which he had always done before the injection. The next morning, male A was found dead. An autopsy, no pathological changes were found in the abdomen. It was apparently death due to adrenochrome, 15 milligrams, and not to mechanical trauma caused by the injection. B. Female Pigeon A October 23, 1957, this bird was given 5 milligrams adrenochrome intraparietally at 4.13 p.m. There was no observable change in behavior. The next morning, she was normal. At 10 a.m., she was injected with 10 milligrams of adrenochrome. Eight minutes later, she was normally combative when a hand was placed in the cage, but there was much less startle reaction to a loud noise. This was the only change observed. Four hours later, she was normal. October 30th at 9.35 a.m., she was given 10 milligrams of adrenalutin. Fifteen minutes later, she was less aggressive and did not fight the hand when she was teased in her cage. 
Fifteen minutes later, she required a great deal of provocation before she would respond, although she appeared alert. At 11 a.m., she refused completely to fight back. At 11.05, she suddenly flew sharply against the side of her cage toward the adjacent cage B, where male B was standing. But when male B was placed in her cage, they ignored each other. Four hours after the injection, female A was normal and aggressively drove out the attacking hand from her cage. November 1st, 1957, she was given 25 milligrams adrenochrome at 2.05 p.m. We wished to find out how much adrenochrome would kill this bird. Three minutes later, her feathers were fluffed and droopy, and she vomited. For the next 12 minutes, she continued to retch and vomit and would not fight. Her eyes became glazed. One hour and 15 minutes after injection, she preened herself and began to recover. We estimated that her total reaction to 25 milligrams of adrenochrome was less than her reaction to the 10 milligrams of adrenalutin. November 4th, she was injected with 30 milligrams of adrenochrome at 1.19 p.m. She became quickly very ill as before. She could not fly and when released, did not fly but fell down. At 4 p.m., she was dead. Thus, she required twice as much adrenochrome for death as her mate. See Male Pigeon B. Pair B were nesting two eggs. The nest was in one corner of the cage and built of grass. This male was dominated by male A, but was normally aggressive and fond of female B. He was devoted to her and dutifully did his share of brooding on the eggs. On October 24th, male B was given 10 milligrams of adrenochrome. At 2.07 p.m., 23 minutes later, he vomited and had a tremor, during which he stood and rocked back and forth. He blinked his eyes slowly and appeared sleepy. Three minutes later, his fighting behavior was normal, but he had a slight tremor of his wing. Forty minutes after injection, his vocal ability was diminished and his voice became feminine, sad, and dull. Male pigeons lose their voice only when molting. He did not court with enthusiasm and could hardly coo. One hour later, female A was placed in his cage. Normally, male B would have driven her out, but this time he ignored her. Next morning, he was normal. Male B was then given 20 milligrams of adrenochrome together with 100 milligrams of sorbic acid. And one hour later, there was a slight and fleeting change. A few minutes later, he was normal. One day later, he was still normal. But two days later, he was found dead. D. Female Pigeon B. Female B was brooding two eggs and was very motherly and protective. She fiercely drove off a hand reaching toward the nest. This bird was injected with 10 milligrams of adrenalutin. Five minutes later, she stood over her eggs but did not set on them. She then walked away from her eggs. Ten minutes later, after injection, she retched and sat beside her eggs and blinked her eyes. Five minutes later, she was sick and her feathers drooped. She no longer retreated from the hand. Twenty minutes after the injection, H.W. placed her on his hand and walked from the office down a long corridor and back. She made no attempt to fly away, but clung to his hand. This test we termed the Barrick test, because he often demonstrated the effect of schizophrenic bile on pigeons in this way. Barrick, 1957. This pigeon was able to fly when she was released, but apparently not interested in flying. One hour later, she had not returned to her nest. The next day, the bird was studied again. At 9 a.m., she appeared disinterested and did not set on her eggs. By 2 p.m., she was much more alert and responsive. She fought against the hand vigorously and was better groomed. Four days later, she appeared normal. She had again started to set on the dead eggs in the normal way. 
At 1.57 p.m., she was given 20 milligrams of adrenochrome. Three minutes later, she was ill. Rock then once more refused to set on her eggs. Four minutes later, after injection, she vomited. One and a half hours later, she had apparently recovered. She was now very alert and vicious when the hand was placed near her. She came toward the hand to attack. Late that night, she was dead. E. Discussion It is not possible to draw firm conclusions from the study on only four birds, but each bird had several injections and the results were definite. A larger series would be required in order to complete this kind of study. The following tentative conclusions may be made. 1. Male pigeons are apparently more susceptible to death from adrenochrome than female pigeons. 2. Adrenochrome in non-lethal doses, 10 mg, alters behavior including courting, protecting the nest, and brooding. 3. Adrenalutin is more effective in altering pigeon behavior than adrenochrome. In one case, catatonia was produced. Lehrman 1956-AB, 1958-1959, and Lehrman and Wartis-1960 have examined the factors which influence cyclical breeding behavior in ring doves, Streptopelia visoria. This does not normally occur in birds kept in isolation from each other. According to these workers, the presence of one bird stimulates the pituitary gland of the other. The pituitary hormones change courting behavior to nest building, then to incubation. When birds were placed in cages with eggs, they would normally begin to nest in 4 to 10 days. When progesterone was injected, the birds nested almost immediately. Birds treated with estrogens sat after 1 to 3 days or after a period of 11 days. Birds injected with prolactin appeared to be under considerable tension. In birds with no breeding experience, such as feeding squabs, the restlessness was not directed toward any specific response. Whereas in birds with previous breeding experience, the restlessness, tension, aroused approaches to the young. According to Lehrman, the hormones induce vascularity and tension in the bird's brood patch, which thus becomes a source of irritation. This is reduced by setting on the smooth, cool, hard surfaces of the eggs. It is possible that adrenochrome and adrenalutin interfered with the cyclical changes in the pigeons by markedly reducing tension. Hoffer and Osmond, 1960, reviewed the evidence which suggested that adrenochrome and adrenalutin reduced tension in humans, which they ascribed to an anti-epinephrine action. Therefore, giving adrenochrome and adrenalutin to the pigeon, which was brooding eggs, might immediately reduce the tension and hence the urge to set. The fact that several days later, when the adrenalutin effect had worn off, the female again began to sit on her eggs, supports this conclusion. Presumably, the tension induced by the estrogens had by now returned. 7. Effect of adrenochrome on mammals A. Mice not much has been written about the effect of adrenochrome on mice. Labaritz et al., 1957, A, B, found that both adrenochrome and adrenochrome semicarbazide increased the tendency of mice for convulsions. LSD had no effect. Serotonin protected the mice against convulsions. Glutamic acid gave some protection. Eid 1954, found that adrenochrome produced sedation in mice, and before death, the sedation quickly passed off and was replaced by progressive spasmodic clonic convulsions beginning in the hind limbs. Walking was uncoordinated. When disturbed, the mice hopped about, often leaping in the air and falling over backward. B. 
Rats. One, Review of Literature, Ede, 1954, gave adrenochrome to some rats in order to measure the lethal dose. Cause of death was respiratory paralysis preceded by dyspnea, mycterition, clonic convulsions, and exophalamus. Later, Novell et al., 1959a, showed that impure adrenochrome could produce a Dijon-type catatonia in rats. A dose of 10 milligrams per kilogram of crystalline adrenochrome in saline injected intravenously caused convulsions and death in half the treated rats in less than 15 minutes. After 8 milligram per kilogram, their physical activity was greatly reduced for many hours. On observing some of these rats given adrenochrome, it was noted that for the first few minutes the animals appeared sick, but this soon passed. After that, they were disinclined to move about. When placed alongside a cold Bunsen burner, the animals grasped the burner with their forelegs and clung until they sank slowly to the table, doubled up, apparently exhausted, but still clinging. Purer adrenochrome was one-fourth as toxic and appeared to be incapable of inducing the clinging behavior. Noval et al., 1959b, this suggested to these investigators that decomposition products of adrenochrome may have been responsible for the behavioral effect. Valbo, 1957, gave 20 milligrams per kilogram of adrenochrome to rats and saw no effect. However, 100 milligrams per kilogram of adrenalutin produced marked catatonia. The rear legs were quite relaxed. Neither chlorpromazine, promazine, perfenazine, nor asapromazine protected the rats against adrenalutin, but cabi HDA8 did protect them completely. 2. The effect of adrenochrome on condition response of albino rats. Groff et al., 1961, studied the response of Wistar rats to adrenochrome. They weighed about 200 grams and received about 6 and 8 milligrams per kilogram. The control group received physiological saline. Two kinds of observations were made. A, a test of general irritability and activity, and B, the effect on conditioned reflexes. Rats given adrenochrome were significantly different from rats given saline in the orientation searching experiments. There was a marked decrease in the duration of erect reactions to 20% of the controls and a marked increase in periods of immobility, which were doubled. Rats which were of a markedly inhibitive type showed enhanced excitation, whereas those with medium or low inhibition became less irritable as the depth of inhibition was greater. The maximum inhibition of activity occurred 7 to 9 minutes after the injection. For the conditioning experiments, rats were trained in two groups of six animals each. The unconditional impulse was an electric shock applied to the floor. The animals avoided the shock by running up a net. The conditioning signal was an optical signal of low intensity. Each group of rats was trained for several sessions with 61 trials. In the eighth session, one group received adrenochrome, the other saline. With the adrenochrome group, there was a significant P less than 0.01 increase in the latency periods, which were doubled. There was also a decrease of intersignal reactions to one-fifth of the control value, P 
less than 0.01. These authors concluded that adrenochrome acted as an inhibitor of higher nervous activity in most animals, but produced excitation in extremely inhibited animals. 3. A study of the effect of adrenochrome on conditioning in albino rats. A. Effect on acquisition. With star strain albino rats, age 3 to 5 months, were used. A Mauro type shuttle box was used with a buzzer as the conditioning signal and an electric shock applied to the floor as the unconditioned stimulus. Adrenochrome was synthesized by Hecock. Freshly prepared solutions were injected at the dose of 25 milligrams per kilogram. The criterion of learning was 10 consecutive avoidance responses. The median number of trials with saline was 38.5 and with adrenochrome 98.5, p less than 0.02. Using 12 rats in each group, this experiment was replicated later with new animals. All saline-treated rats performed to criterion in less than 140 trials, whereas 8 out of the 12 rats given adrenochrome had not learned by 140 trials. Using 90 trials as a median with saline, 10 were below, whereas with adrenochrome, only 2 were below, p less than 0.01. A dose-response study was later made with 10 rats in each group, using randomized block design. The rats learned the two criterion with saline and 6.25 mg, 12.5 mg, and 25 mg per kilogram of adrenochrome in 40, 52, 64, and 80 trials. For this range of dosage, the number of trials required to reach criterion of acquisition of the conditioned avoidance response was a linear function of the logarithm of the dose given. When adrenochrome was given in a very large dose of 80 mg per kilogram, about one-third of the rats died. The survivors, when tested 14 to 34 days later, disclosed no residual effect in that they learned as well as did rats not receiving adrenochrome. At autopsy, no changes were seen in the central nervous system. B. Effect on performance. Two groups of 10 animals were used. One group received adrenochrome first and saline one week later. The other group received these substances in the reverse order. Before the experiment, the rats were trained to a criterion of 18 out of 20 trials. One hour after the injection, they were tested again and were given 20 trials in 15 minutes. Overall, the rats given adrenochrome made significantly fewer responses, p less than 0.01, owing to the poor performance of the group receiving adrenochrome first. Adrenochrome had much less effect on the group receiving saline first. The only difference was that animals which received saline first had received more training before being tested under adrenochrome. The difference in performance of the two adrenochrome groups was significant, 0.05 less than P, P less than 0.01. Thus, the more training the rats received, the less susceptible they were to adrenochrome. This is a very important observation, for it proves that the effect of adrenochrome was not due to marked physical weakness of the rats. In this experience, it was observed that rats given adrenochrome had many fewer anticipatory responses, P less than 0.01. With 12.5 milligram per kilogram, there was no effect on performance, but acquisition of the CAR was decreased with this low dose. The ability of rats to jump away was tested by another method, 
An electric timer was connected to the stimulator, which delivered 1.25 MA to the grid of the box. Both were then started, and both stopped automatically when the rat escaped. Well-trained rats were used. 10 received adrenochrome, 25 mg per kilogram, and 10 saline. All were tested one hour later. The mean speeds of escape were respectively 1.26 and 1.4 seconds. Thus, it is clear that gross motor impairment and or complete lack of motivation may be excluded as the cause of lack of acquisition of the CAR. C. Effect on extinction. 20 rats trained to criterion, 18 out of 20 trials were used. 10 received adrenochrome and 10 saline. Extinction trials were started in blocks of 20, followed by 15 minutes rest in the cage. The criterion was 10 consecutive non-responses to the conditioning stimulus, the buzzer. The score was the number of trials necessary to reach the criterion. For the 10 rats given saline, the following number of trials were required. 10, 172, 12, 210, 10, 39, 70, 130, 50, and 50. For adrenochrome, there were 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 11, 10, 13, and 20. Chi square for a median of 115 was 5. 0.05 less than P, P less than 0.01. Adrenochrome significantly accelerated extinction of CAR. In most of the adrenochrome rats, it was extinguished at once. But of the animals given saline, three rats required more than 100 responses. D. Effect on drive. When trained rats were used and the intensity of the electric shock was varied, there was a slight trend for saline rats to escape at a lower intensity of current, i.e. 0.22 versus 0.25. But the difference was statistically insignificant. However, when untrained rats were used and observed for startle responses, including jumps, the saline threshold was 0.14 and adrenochrome 0.19, 0.005 less than P, P less than 0.01. The threshold for naive animals was lower than for sophisticated animals. The intensity of current was set at 1.25 MA for one group and 2.5 for the other. Animals with adrenochrome at a higher drive level performed slightly less well. It was concluded that level of drive, or arousal, was not involved in the way adrenochrome affected CAR. E. Effect on bar pressing. The rats were tested in a Skinner box with food and water as the reward. They had to run to one end, press the bar, and return to the other end for the reward. After a constant rate of bar pressing was obtained, they were injected and tested for 13 minutes. Adrenochrome significantly, P less than 0.01, reduced the rate of bar pressing. The difference was greater when the rats were less well-trained, i.e. received adrenochrome first. F. Conclusion. Adrenochrome decreased the acquisition of the conditioned avoidance response and markedly accelerated extinction. The prolongation of acquisition was related in a linear way to the logarithm of the dose. In a Skinner box, the rate of bar pressing for food and water was markedly reduced. Thank you for listening to this sample. To continue listening to this book and for access to all of our other full audiobooks, please subscribe for $7.77 per month. Go to adultbrain.ca or follow the link in the show notes. 
This will be a completely separate podcast with a new RSS feed and will have all the titles from this feed as well. Thank you for your help and support in bringing rare and forgotten books to audio for the world.